Do you love horror and fantasy? If so, don't miss out on Gabriella Balcom's novella Down With The Sickness and Other Chilling Tales. It'll have you shivering right on the edge of your seat. Dive right into these macabre horror stories, but be careful not to close your eyes. Evil lurks unseen, supernatural beings keep watch, and monsters lie in wait. Some plot vengeance while others crave human flesh. Crystal longs to be a rock star, but what would she do to make her dream come true? Lie? Kill? Elaine goes to extremes to be like Sonora, but isn't the only one wanting to be someone else. Betty struggles to breathe after Rodney blows smoke in her face, then he does worse. But the Watchers have something special in mind for him. Wahasi stalks through the swamp in crocodile form, infuriated at her lack of food. But she has a plan, and the townspeople better watch out. A brat. Brad defies his parents and tries to hurt his sister, but he's not the only bully around. Abner is delighted to visit Aokigahara Forest, which is rumored to be haunted, but Sharon isn't. Shane dares Angeline to spend the night in the Devil's Hand, which is supposedly cursed. Trisha is prideful about her looks and bullies a younger girl, but she has a surprise visitor. Life post-COVID included nuclear bombs and death. Cole, Vera, and Marianne have little left to eat and need to forage, but rovers are out and about and must be avoided at all costs. Dean likes pushing people around, but when he damages his grandfather Charlie's Venus flytraps, Charlie isn't the only one who's upset. Gabriella Balcom's book includes all of the above and more, and the readers have been gushing about her creations. Wow, just freaking wow. I was deeply disturbed, loved every minute. Bravo, a masterpiece in the horror genre. Heartbreaking and devastating. Holy shit, that was so creepy. I loved it. I want more, more, more. Dang it. I got chills reading this story. Exciting and horrific. Multifacetedly disturbing. Very well written. If you're ready to sink your teeth into Gabriella Balcom's novella Down With The Sickness and Other Chilling Tales, click on over to Amazon.com now. And now, enjoy this free JZO Modcast show. Carry on, my mighty well son. There'll be peace when you are gone. Lay your weary head to rest. Don't you cry. Hey everybody and welcome to episode 141 of Lupa's Bits. I am your host as always, Lupa. And yes, I am actually really here this week. Um, I I just, I was sick last week and I was just not feeling the whole podcast try and be 
you know, entertaining vibe. So, you know, you got the best of, <laughs> which was a whole lot better than what you would have gotten if I had actually done the podcast. And I'm still not quite there yet. Um, Health-wise, I'm, I'm over my cold, uh, but I'm still not quite feeling the whole let's entertain you vibe, but, you know, we're going to just get, get on the saddle and go with it, see where it takes us. Sometimes when I am sarcastic and, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, jaded, that's the word, jaded. I'm pretty funny, so, you know, we're going to go with it. Who knows? Anyway, I have a little bit of housekeeping, but I do have to actually Google um, the website so I can give you accurate um, housekeeping. So this is coming out on the, I don't know, 29th. September. Today, actually, I am recording today. Today is the 27th of September. It is the one of the most important days in the entire month of September. Why, you ask? Well, because, um, I don't know, it's a Tuesday. Um, no, because it is a very special girl's birthday. So you guys are all going to hear this on Friday and it's going to be a few days past her birthday. But take a moment and hop on over to either Zoe's page or uh, David K. Montoya's page and give our resident artist, Zoe Montoya, some birthday love. She turned 12 today, so um, happy birthday for the fifth time now today. <laughs> I can't be there with her to celebrate her birthday, so I have given her like five happy birthday videos. Uh, well, four happy birthday videos. And this is a happy birthday Zoe podcast moment. So <laughs> this moment, this podcast moment is brought to you by September 27th, the day Zoe Montoya was born. So <laughs> she can listen to it tomorrow or something. Um, but I wish I could have been there with the girls to celebrate their birthdays because we would have done some really cool stuff. But what I'm going to do is, since I'm going to be there in November, we are going to celebrate birthdays in November. And I'm going to celebrate each birthday separately with each girl and, um, you know, do it like I would have if I had have been there. I'm not done speaking yet. Do you want to wait till I'm finished the birthday news before you correct me? My live studio audience is reminding me that it's it's there is another birthday in November. There are several birthdays in November, but the girls don't technically belong in November. They are in September, but I'm not in California in September. I will be in California in November for a time. We're not going to say how long. Less than 30 days. <laughs> We're going to go with that. <laughs> anyway. Um, yes, yeah, so I'm going to celebrate with both the girls. And in between the girls, there will be a birthday video uh, to my nephew. Because my nephew turns, I can't, I, I can't even say it. My grandson turns the same number in October and I can't 
I can't even wrap my brain around the fact that these two little boys are turning six. Six. They have gone from one hand onto two hands now. So um, there will be a birthday video for my nephew um, in November. And then I have three boys, big boys, that have birthdays in November. My two sons and my stepson all have birthdays in November. <laughs> so now the one I will actually be there to celebrate with him. And my gift to him is, and was last year too, his favorite meal that he likes that I cook, whatever he wants, whether it's soupy soup or, um, what does he call my burgers? I he's the, he's got some name for my bacon burgers, but uh, I make a mean bacon cheeseburger or uh, steak on the barbecue. Rude. Um, whatever he wants, I will cook for his birthday dinner and then I make him a birthday cake. No. <laughs> he's modified his birthday cake order this year, apparently. Last year, his company, um, Bloodstream, is his company colors are black and red. So he wanted an all black cake with red writing. So I had to make black icing. Now, what a lot of us didn't realize in the process is that black icing stains your teeth, your lips, your tongue, your gums, your face. <laughs> so this year he wants just black writing, black and red writing. So I might make him a chocolate fudge. See, each, each of the girls will get their own birthday cake on, um, like, Lily's birthday is on the 8th of September and Zoe's is on the 27th. So we'll do Lily's birthday on the 8th of November and Zoe's on the 27th of November. So they'll each, all three of them will get their own Lupa-made birthday cake. Or um, if they want, um, I make this chocolate yum-yum cake. That's just so good. And it'll be cool enough in weather that um, we can eat molten chocolate lava. <laughs> because that's basically what it is inside. Is, you know, the temperature of the surface of the sun. But it's chocolate. So it really doesn't matter. Okay, housekeeping. Housekeeping. Um, I had to get the important thing out of the way first. That it is Zoe's birthday today. There, That's, what, six now? I think I only have six more happy birthdays to go. Because she's 12, so she should get 12 happy birthdays. So, um, I just, I'm so bummed that I'm not there. I used to do some really cool things with um, my oldest girl. And I would love to do those cool things with my two youngest girls. And I consider them my girls. They're my girls. You know, they're my girls. I, I somebody is mean to them, I want to go to the school and beat the crap out of the snot-nosed little brat. But I can't because I'm a grown adult and that's frowned upon, apparently. <sighs> well, anyway, I digress. So, all right, housekeeping, housekeeping. We have the um, 
first of all, before I get into, because if, if, if you don't haven't noticed, the winners of the OCC are out. But if you don't listen to the World of Mythbits, you haven't checked out the magazine, then you don't know who won. So I'm kind of like hanging in suspense here. So we're going to talk about the magazine first, because I'm a bitch that way. So the magazine came out and um, it had its its rough starts. <laughs> it had its its uh, hitches and its oopses and its ups and downs. And it still has some kinks that we're working out, but it's out there. The free version is out there. Uh, the paid version is out there, but we are working on the paid version, right? Okay. Um, we are trying to bring the price down because, you know, Amazon's at the risk of getting us in trouble with Amazon. Amazon's stupid. <laughs> Just going to throw it out there. Amazon, and I have to be nice to Amazon because I actually have to work closely with Amazon in the next few months. Well, next few weeks starting tomorrow. So I can't be too critical of the Amazonian. But anyway, uh, we are trying to find ways to bring the price down because that is the price that Amazon has set for our hard copy. Um, and thank you very much to all of those that have ordered hard copies. Um, you guys are rock stars. And once we do bring the price down, we will extend a discount to you. Um, those first buyers of the original to kind of compensate you for being loyal customers, being loyal readers. Don't look at me like that. <laughs> to say thank you for standing by us and helping support. Um, ooh. Oh, so many things. A really, really flashy Corvette just went by and just, I can't voice the expression that went through my head. Anyway, um, you know the one. Sorry about your eggplant. <laughs> I don't know. This is the only kind of guys that can afford cars like that. Or the older ones that take the little blue pills. Anyway, um, so yes, we we will be figuring out the price of the magazine. Um, right now it is set at what Amazon says we have to sell it for. And um, we are working on ways to bring that cost down. But the free um, issue is still out there and you can get it in the same old place that you always got it. It looks amazing. It um, flows really nicely. It looks like a real magazine, like an actual like magazine magazine. You know, like you'd pick up at the doctor's office or something. Um, I really like it. I love the new format of it. Um, it apparently was easier to put together. The only hiccups that we ran into was with Amazon. <laughs> the rest of it was a breeze. So, and yes, we are still accepting submissions for October up to October 15th. And so on. We are back to our normal... Um, way of, of submitting. Now, if you have submitted all the way up to the next few months, that's fine. Um, I will be putting the, the, I will be putting all the folders together 
and getting everything organized and put together in the next week or so. I'll be working on October's issue. Um, so I will be letting everybody know that's already submitted, whether they're accepted or not. And um, I just want to throw something out there. I've noticed a lot of people are getting rejected for um, things that they don't think would fit in our magazine. We take a wide variety of things. Now, people have kind of put our magazine into um, a type of niche. And that's not really what our magazine is about. We are a place for people to experiment, to try new things with their writing, to step out into a genre that they've never written in before. Like me, horror. <laughs> never written horror before, and now look, I have a book. Um, so if you get rejected or if you think it's too weird or too unusual or too um, off the cuff, Send it to me anyway. You never know. Now, I, it very well may be a little too out there for, for us. Um, there are some things that we will not accept. Um, blatant, well, pornography for one is not happening. Now, if you dress it up in a really good story, um, okay, we'll talk. <laughs> you know, it's got to have some context to it. It's got to have a story. You can't just have clothes flying and things happening. Um, you got to have a story. Then you can have the clothes flying and things happening. Um, and use the, the, the Harlequin language for body parts. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> I don't want any stories with heaving bosoms, okay? Just on principle alone. Anyway, um, just send it over and let me take a look at it. And who knows? It may not go into the magazine. But it might fit into an anthology that we're putting together. Okay, reading your lips was hard enough before you started with all the dental surgery. What did you? Or a chap book, which we we're going to be getting into. Okay, so... That is the magazine news. Um, yeah, we are back on our regularly scheduled programming. <laughs> Except I think we're going to be a little more organized than we were. September just kind of snuck up on us out of nowhere. Like all summer, it's been like, oh, it's so far away. It's so far away. It's so far away. And I was done my part of the job in june or july in july i was done with all the editing for september in july handed it off to you know programmer dude i have nothing to do beyond that other than write my intro and i didn't want to write my intro too early i wanted to wait until the summer had happened so that you know those things could end up in the intro um of course you know true to form i was writing the intro as he was coding the last few pages of the magazine and he messages me at, it's like 12.30, my time. So 12.30 Canadian time at night. And he says, did you send your intro over to me? And I'm like, oh, crap. Um, hang on. <laughs> Whipped out my laptop, turned it on, went, shit, battery's dead. Went and found my plug, plugged it in, got myself all set up in my bed. 
because, you know, I wasn't sitting at the table. It was 1230 at night. I had clocked out. I wasn't sitting at my desk. So I whipped it out and I opened it up and I went, all right, how fast can I write an intro and make it good? And apparently pretty quickly because he had no idea that I wrote it like right then until I told him. <laughs> I sent it on over to him and he's like, thanks. I was just ready to do it now. I'm like, perfect. That was good timing. Um, so the intro that you have in the September issue <laughs> was written at 1230 at night, the eve of the release of the magazine in my bed, which is not an unusual place for me to write an intro for the magazine. I've done it on my phone in the car heading somewhere as a passenger, not as a driver. I've dictated it into my recorder and then typed it out later. Um, I've given it to him like three minutes before launch. I've written one. <laughs> so I'm pretty, I've been doing this now for four years, five years. I've been the editor in chief. Well, I was, I was managing editor. And then I don't think I was ever editor. I think I went from managing editor to editor-in-chief. I skipped over editor somehow. Um, I think because nobody else wanted the job. <laughs> um, but I... Who's attacking my my landmark? Hang on. i check my Monopoly Go. Uh, it's nobody I know. Anyway, I've been doing this job for five years now. And before that, I edited a magazine called uh, The Building Bridges Magazine for four years. I was a roving reporter. I was a journalist for four years. Wow, I have a lot of experience. <laughs> Crystal's right. I do need to charge more. Don't worry, Chris. I'm not going to. But... Uh, um. And I have never, ever in the history of me writing an intro for the magazine ever done it before the night before. Well, I mean, yes, I have. I, when I have, I have done it when he's coding. So if he was coding and he had the coding done like a week before the magazine was due to re be released, he would message me and like, I don't have your intro. Like, oh, yeah. I would write him up one and send it to him. So I'm always at the last minute as to when the magazine's being put together. Um, very rarely, and I will throw this, I'm, it, we are a transparent company. Very rarely has the magazine ever, in the five years that I've been doing it, has it ever been ready early. <laughs> it is very rare that it is ever ready early oh no we've had a few times we've had a few times that it's been like ready a week ahead of time and then we were completely lost for like the entire week and the day that it was supposed to be launched the eve of launch it was like we were chatting and it's like oh this is so cool we don't have to do nothing and we got watching a movie and it got launched like 20 minutes late because <laughs> we completely forgot about it we're doing other stuff and there's been days there's been months where the magazine has been launched 
on Saturday because <laughs> we forgot to launch it. We had it all done. It was all ready to go. Um, but it, the, the feeds weren't done <laughs> or they were, they were done wrong or something. <laughs> it just, it didn't launch. So I would wake up to like all of these emails. I can't find the magazine. Where's the magazine? What happened to the magazine? The magazine is missing. Well, there's a three hour time difference between me and Dave. So I'm getting all of these at 11 o'clock when I'm up. It's only 8 a.m. in his world. <laughs> on a, well, I can't say on a Saturday because we don't always launch on a Friday. But like it's 8 a.m. So unless it's a school day, he's not up. Not even anywhere near close to being awake. Pretty sure he hasn't even rolled over yet. His bladder's not even awake. Because y'all know your bladder wakes up like a good hour before you do. Anyway. So I'm like, oh no. And I'm I'm checking online. Is there anything that I can do? Is it like just, you know, it's there. It's just the, the, the tags didn't go out. Um, and most of the time, nope, it's not it's not there. So it's, it's still the previous month's magazine. Uh, and I can bet you I could go and check. Well, I did the other day and was still the old magazine. Nope. It's the new one. Kind of. What is happening? What is happening? This looks really weird. It looks really weird. It's my internet, okay, you have to remember my internet, I am in the land of it's for one person and that one person is an 80-year-old grandma that doesn't know how to work her phone. So my internet is really slow and it's almost midnight, so I'm pretty sure my internet company is doing all of its updates. Um, so yeah, it's it's not liking I don't know what it's doing. It's just being. Okay, so it takes you, you have to download the new issue. It was really funny as I got um, a, a comment from Alan Ashley um, about, he said something like, I'm not even in this issue and I won member of the month. I'm like, dude, you won that from back in April. He's like, oh, cool. <laughs> he completely did not know that he had won because our last issue came out in April and he won member of the month. So, oh, so this is a landing page. Ah, okay. Let's see. I, I do check it out. I see it before you guys do. So I don't actually have to go to the site to read it. I get it. Here, check this out. Look how cool this looks. And I got to go through it all and read it all. And I read all the stories when I edit them anyway. So uh, we're still working on um, the voting, how to do the voting. Or did you fix it? He's, he's all pixelated and, and moving and waving. His, he's giving me the no-no finger, so I'm not sure what's happening there. Read the links. Well, let me show you what I'm looking at here. I will when they load. Right now, that's all I have. So, it's, it's going to be a minute or six before I can get to the links. And if I lost that article that I had up, there we go. Okay. We're back. All right. Mute. Anyway. <laughs> 
So, yeah, it's really cool. Um, I'm going to assume. Okay, <laughs> I can't. It's still loading. I hate my internet. Uh, I hate my internet. To upload my podcast to my Google Drive, it usually takes about 14 minutes. Yeah, 14 minutes. My bestie, my sister friend, lives on the side of a mountain in New Brunswick. And her internet is faster than mine. And I am 40 minutes from the city. Go figure. Anyway, okay. So I have this lovely scrolling ribbon of faces going by me right now on the OCC. Because the OCC page finally loaded. So I can tell you, I wasn't, I, was, I wasn't stalling to be mean. I wasn't stalling to be a bitch. I was stalling because my internet was being mean. So the winners of this year's open contract challenge year five in third place come on we have c l steel now that is a cool name that is a writer's name like that's you know you want c l steel on a book so congratulations to ms steel uh she won third place and a prize of $50. Okay. Prize $50. In second place, we have one of our own over at the World of Myth magazine, Mr. James Rumpel. And he won second. Congratulations, James. And he gets an ebook contract. Contract? Ebook contract and $100. Congratulations. And. Drum roll. <laughs> I'm getting really good at doing that. In first place, our grand prize winner, another one of our own, and a writer that I I really, really, really enjoy their stuff. They have a way of writing that you're kind of going, ooh, and you're laughing at the same time. You're intrigued and repulsed. You are drawn in and pushed away at the same. It's it's the oddest experience, but it is a very enjoyable experience reading their stuff. And I am thrilled to announce that Adele Evershed has taken first place in our open contract challenge, and she we bleh, bleh, she is winning a hard copy hard back book contract and an ebook and two hundred dollars had to make sure i had that right so congratulations to adele james and cl and to all of our contestants that entered into our uh contest this year and we hope to see you back next year so that wraps up another successful year for the Open Contract Challenge, year five. And as I say about my nephews, it's hard to wrap my brain around the fact that we are now looking at year six of this contest. And I was there when, when we came up with the idea. I was there when we were just, it was just a, a, a brain fart. 
<laughs> it's just like a whiff of an idea. Kind of like PCE. It was just like, just a thought. And now we're looking at year six of this contest. So in that respect alone, not the fact that we have six, five winners, that too, but the fact that we have run this contest now heading into our sixth year, I'm going to call that a success. I am going to say I am very proud of the work that the OCC team does um, under the leadership of Walter G. Esselman. Why can I hear you? Are you waiting to say something? Our illustrious leader would like to interrupt my podcast yet again. <laughs> so we're going to have two contests. No, we're going to have two contests. We'll discuss it. We've got five years to work on it. But yes, we're going to have the ultimate showdown in year 11 with the past 10 years winners. So that's going to be cool. You know, to bear with me, I am very, very thirsty. I have been very thirsty. This is the third jug in two days of lemonade that I've drank. It's a big jug. I actually have it sitting here on the table because I know I'm going to empty it tonight. Well, I'm sitting here talking to you people. <sighs> you people. <laughs> you people expect so much from me. You want me to be entertaining and witty and informative and real. Right now, I can barely remember to put on pants. <sighs> okay. What is this? Okay. So now that we've got housekeeping out of the way. We're going to get into the portion of the show that I'm not allowed to talk about. So things have been happening in my country. Kind of important things have been happening in my country. And I'm going to keep my opinions to myself. Okay, let me rephrase that. I'm going to try and keep my opinions to myself. <laughs> I'm going to desperately try and not get us kicked off the spotted fly. That rhymed. Look at that. Making little poems over here on my fact that I'm about to break the laws. You know, 10 things I can't say on the internet. Yes, you can hear that. I'm refilling my juice glass. So the big, one of the big, huge things. The first thing that started was the fact that our... The illustrious leader of this fabulous country that I live in pissed off India. So I want to know out of my listeners who had war with India on their 2023 bingo card. Anybody? Because I know I did not have that on my bingo card. It was not there. Um, and... Okay, so I'm going to read you the article. That way, it's not my opinions. And I am not the book of face, so I can share news with you. And it won't be banned. 
take that, Meta. <laughs> I'm a little pissy with Meta and Bloomberg right now. Um, we'll get into that in a minute. But, yeah, I'm not the book of face, so I can actually share news with you. And it won't get banned. <laughs> Even though I am in Canada. We came across something really weird earlier. My friend had posted, Mike had posted um, a meme on Instagram. A political meme on Instagram. Why am I going there? Because I took a picture of it. Go to my pictures, you bonehead. And I sent it to Dave, who is, oh, did I delete it? Who is a friend of Mike's. So they follow each other on Instagram. He should have been able to see it. But no, because Instagram is owned by Facebook. So even though it was a ridiculous joke, there it is, um, of a meme and not even saying anything overly like, over, okay, well, yes, it is, <laughs> but it's not like, it's not a newsfeed link or anything like that. He could not view it in the U.S. So I had to screenshot it and then send it. And it says, our apologies to the world, because, you know, we are Canadian and we say sorry for everything. Our apologies to the world. We are experiencing technical difficulties within our government. And that pretty much sums up the two major stories that I am about to share with you tonight. Okay. <laughs> oh, there we go. Doesn't help the headache, but I don't know. The sound just makes me happy. One of these days I'm going to do that and I'm actually going to break my neck. Okay, so Prime Minister Justin Trudeau is accusing the government of India of involvement in the fatal shooting of a Canadian Sikh leader. Oops. A claim that will have seismic effects on an already shaky bilateral relationship. Now, when was this from? When did this story come out? Okay, so this came out on the 18th. And seeing as um, one of our um, government leaders is, you know, a Sikh. Canadian citizen Hardeep Singh Najir was brazenly shot dead outside a Sikh temple in Surrey, B.C. on June 18th. Najir, a supporter of a Sikh homeland in the form of an independent Khalistani state, had been branded by the Indian government as a terrorist and accused of leading a militant separatist group, something his supporters have denied. Oh, oh, oh no! Did I lose it? No, I didn't. Okay, there we go. I have, like, articles everywhere. <laughs> For this podcast. Okay. Um, something his supporters have denied. Now, Trudeau said Canada's national security apparatus. I just, I've always hated the sound of that because it sounds like gym equipment. It does. Think about it. Canadian national security apparatus. It sounds like gym equipment. You know? 
or a sex toy, <laughs> like a swing, something, has reasons to believe that agents of the Indian government carried out the killing of this Canadian citizen, who also served as the president of Surrey's Guru Nanak Sikh Gurdwara. Okay. Canadian security agencies have been actively pursuing credible allegations of a potential link between agents, agents of the government of India and the killing of a Canadian citizen, Hardeep Singh Najir, Trudeau said Monday in a speech to the House of Commons. Any involvement of a foreign government in the killing of a Canadian citizen on Canadian soil is an unaccepted violation of our sovereignty. It is contrary to the fundamental rules by which free, open, and democratic societies conduct themselves. As you would expect, we have been working closely with coordinating with our allies on this very serious matter. Okay, first of all, and I can say this without worrying about ruffling the feathers of my American boyfriend, One of those allies is an idiot. He's trying to, and I'm not going to, y'all know who I'm talking about, so I don't have to say names. That way I'm not going to get in trouble for saying bad things about the government. All I'm saying is one of our allies is an idiot. He's pretty much a Muppet who, he's the Swedish chef. Because he doesn't make any sense anymore when he speaks. He is the Swedish chef. So the Swedish chef is over here trying to make friends with India and, and form relations with India and has looked at their biggest ally, their best ally, the one that always kind of comes in and cleans up the mess. The reason why the Geneva contract is the Geneva thingy is even a thing because we are actually a violent person, people. And, 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 and he's looked at us and went, you know, I don't think we want to be involved. Wait, what? <laughs> Hold on. Let me remind you, we have burnt your house to the ground twice. And you don't want to be involved. You think he's an idiot, too. He knows he's an idiot. You know he's an idiot. Ah, okay, that's going to bug me. What is it called? Ah, okay, sorry. Vention. I knew it was a C word. I just had the wrong C word. Canada is the reason why the Geneva Convention exists. You think I'm wrong. Yes, it is. <laughs> the things that we, okay. And I stole that. I didn't steal this. I was actually, yes, Mike, I was listening. I wasn't just giving you and Jay a hard time. I was just not heckling. I, I was not just heckling. See, the Three Nose podcast likes to go live now when they podcast. And I just happened on one day to have a lot of free time on my hands. <laughs> So I jumped on into their live <laughs> and I heckled for a little bit and then things got serious and Mike and I kind of edumacated Jay on a few things. So <laughs> anyway, 
Did you know? <laughs> you know that whole Christmas Eve truce thing that everybody talks about and how all the guns went silent and they stopped fighting and and they 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 met in the middle of the field and shook hands and all of that. Not the Canadians. The Canadians would throw cans of food, and when a German would come out to get it, the Canadian would lob a hand grenade. And then we got even smarter. We started putting the hand grenades into the cans of food and throwing them. Then they'd open it and boom. <laughs> yeah, we we didn't we didn't do the Christmas Eve peace thing. Y'all did. We didn't. We kept fighting. Take y'all by surprise. And I'm not saying that I'm proud of that. I'm just saying y'all think we're nice. You think we're meek and we're mild. And yes, we do have a crappy military. <laughs> but the reason why we have a crappy military is because our army is feral. They're wild dogs. <laughs> Just send them in. They'll be fine. We don't need boats. Anyway. <sighs> yes. So the Geneva Conventions are four treaties with three additional protocols that establish international legal standards for humanitarian treatment in war. Why? Because Canadians are vicious. We're feral. You've met the goose. Need I say more? They're called Canadian geese. They are not nice birds. They look nice. They walk all regal-like. So you get too close, then we'll lob a hand grenade in a food can at you. <laughs> just you know because we can thank you for the information by the way mike much appreciated anyway so yeah um we are kind of got sidetracked but anyway one of our allies has has is, is kind of you know not sure he wants to be involved you got to be involved Okay, a senior government source told CBC News that Trudeau has briefed the leaders of some of Canada's closest allies about the case, including UK Prime Minister Rishi Sunak, French Prime Minister Emmanuel Macron, and US President Joe Biden. You pick out the idiot. <laughs> Trudeau also urged the Indian government to participate in the ongoing investigation and cooperate with Canada to get to the bottom of this matter. India's Ministry of External Affairs issued a statement Monday, Monday night rejecting Trudeau's allegations, calling them absurd. Such unsubstantiated allegations seek to shift the focus from Khalistani terrorists and extremists who have been provided shelter in Canada and continue to threaten India's, so India's sovereignty and territorial integrity, the statement said. I want to know how, if they're living in Canada, how they can threaten the territorial integrity of a country so far away. I'm sure somebody will explain it to me, because, you know, some days I'm an idiot. Not like that person listens to the podcast anyway. <laughs> okay. Uh, the inaction of the Canadian government on this matter has long been standing and continue has long has been bleh, has been a long standing and continuing concern. 
Trudeau said some Indo-Canadians are feeling angry and perhaps frightened right now. Let us not allow this to change us, he said. <clears throat> Insert eye roll. <laughs> Foreign Affairs Minister Melanie Jolly said she ordered the expulsion of a senior Indian diplomat. Jolly's office said that diplomat was Pavan Kumar Ray, the head of the research and analysis wing, India's foreign intelligence agency in Canada. My expectations are clear. I expect India to fully cooperate with us in, to get to the bottom of this, Jolly said. Hours later, India said it had expelled a Canadian diplomat with five days notice to leave the country. It's a bad day to be an Indian in Canada or a Canadian in India. In a statement early Tuesday, India's foreign minister said the Canadian High Commissioner or Ambassador in New Delhi had been summoned and told of the expulsion decision. The decision reflects the government of India's growing concern at the interface of Canadian diplomats in our internal matters and their involvement in anti-India activities, the ministry added. Public Safety Minister Dominic LeBlanc said the RCMP is leading the murder investigation. We've told the perpetrator, bleh, we'll hold the perpetrators accountable and bring them to justice, he said. BC's Integrated Homicide Investigation Team, I hit. <laughs> That's the anagram, I hit, <laughs> is responsible for the Najir file. It's progressing, RCMP Commissioner Mike DeHume told CBC News when he asked about the investigation. The World Sikh Organization of Canada, a group that represents Sikh interests, said Najir spoke of threats to his life before his alleged murder. He also claimed he was being targeted by India's intelligence agencies, the WSO said in a media statement. The WSO said several other Canadian Sikhs are also understood to be under threat and are on Indian hit lists. The significance of today's announcements cannot be understated for Sikhs, the WSO said. Today, the Prime Minister of Canada has pub publicly said what Sikhs in Canada have known for decades. India actively targets Sikhs in Canada. Trudeau said he raised the matter with India's Prime Minister Narendra Modi last week at the G20 summit in New Delhi. Yeah, uh, Modi told him to go home. Thank you very much. Go home. And then the latest plane. <laughs> Let his plane leave. Trudeau and Modi have long had a frosty relationship. After the bilateral meeting between the two leaders on the sidelines of that summit, the Indian government released a tersely worded communique that said Modi raised with Trudeau strong concerns about continuing anti-Indian activists of extremist elements in Canada. The statement said there are elements in Canada's promoting sexational, whatever, and inciting violence against Indian diplomats, damaging diplomatic premise and threatening the Indian communities in Canada. The Indian government called on two countries to cooperate in dealing with such threats. The Canadian communique on the same meeting made no mention of, there's that word again, it's now clear why. Last Tuesday, Trudeau and the Canadian delegation left India after an extended stay caused by a technical problem on the Prime Minister's plane. Yes, there were air quotes around that. One member of the delegation, 
was absent. National Security Advisor Jody Thomas quietly left India for London, UK, instead of a government, instead, a government source told CBC News. She informed the UK government that Canada, Canada's relations with India were about to get worse now that Canada had credible evidence linking India's government to Niger's death, the source said. Trudeau also briefed the opposition leaders personally Monday before rising to tell Canadians about this development. Conservative leader Pierre Poulin... I hope he doesn't get in to be Prime Minister because I can't pronounce his last name. Said it's outrageous that India may be behind Niger's killing. Now, just so y'all know, if Pierre Trudeau... Or Pierre, good God, that's his father. If Justin Trudeau steps down, Pierre Poulivre will not automatically be Prime Minister. Um, The governing party will choose whoever they want to be the interim prime minister until there's a vote. Anyway, um, our citizens must be safe from extrajudicial killings. <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> you flee your country because they want to kill you. When you go to another country, you want to be in that country and, and know that you're safe from being killed by your, your country. Um, Canadians deserve to be protected on Canadian soil. We call on the Indian government to act with utmost transparency as authorities investigate this murder. See, I told you I would try and keep my opinions to myself. Y'all know me by now. <laughs> it's not necessarily going to work. The truth must come out, Pulivra said. I think that's how you pronounce his name. Let us lock arms and join hands. And I'm pretty sure that sounded a whole lot better in French. Let us lock arms and join hands in condemning this murder, standing with the family and the friends of this victim. Let's put aside our differences and stand up for the rule of law, one law for all our people. In his own speech, NDP leader Jagmeet Singh, there's our Sikh on the government, he's the NDP leader, blasted the Indian government under Modi in Hindi. Ooh, in Hindu. He yelled at them in Hindu. Language Modi understands. Singh said the Modi-led government has been one of division, violence, persecution, with a known pattern of attacking those who are critical of its actions. Kind of like a gang. Singh said he, he'd use every tool at his disposal to bring those responsible to justice. We will ensure that no rock is unturned, that every possible link is examined, Singh said. He said that the public inquiry into foreign interface, which was prompted by allegations of Chinese meddling should also look at India and its actions in Canada. BC Premier David Eby said he was deeply disturbed and angered by the news. Dude, that happened in your province! In light of these revelations, we will do all we can to enhance protection for the people of British Columbia against the violence or threats of state actors, he said in a media st You know, we really need to look at the security of British Columbia because in all reality, when 9-11 happened, a lot of those terrorists came through British Columbia and into the U.S. Maybe we should just like cut off. Sorry, Barb. We're just going to cut off B.C. and it can be like over there with Quebec. We'll just pick up Quebec and fire it into the ocean and B.C. and Quebec can be over there together. But you can't mouth words at me, but put your finger in front of your face at the same time. You'll take them? You'll take BC? 
Well, that would make it easier for you because then that would be a direct line to Alaska because you have to go through BC to get to Alaska. Nah, we'll keep BC. We'll keep it. You're not wrapping around us. We're wrapped around you right now. We'll keep it that way. <laughs> anyway. Um, our government will fully and enthusiastically support any federal efforts to ensure these those responsible are held personally accountable. So, yeah, that's what's been happening um, with Pierre Trudeau or with Justin Trudeau. But that that is big news. Yes, that is big news. I mean, we could be going to war with India. India has nukes. We have feral army men. I think we'll win. I think we'll win. Anyway, so, yeah, there you go. War, war with India on the bingo card. Now, here's a doozy for you. Here's a good one. Buckle up, Buttercup, because this is going to rock your world. If you haven't already heard, and if you haven't, then you're living under... I mean, I live under a rock, okay? I avoid the news like the plague. And I kind of part of... part. I, I do it partly. I started doing it for my own mental health because the news is nothing but bad. There's never any good news. There's never any uplifting news. And I used to get the important stuff that I needed to know from Facebook or Crystal. And now I avoid it a lot um, on <laughs> intentionally on purpose, um, because I know it drives Crystal crazy that I don't pay attention to what's going on in the outside world beyond, you know, my little solar system around me drives her absolutely nuts because her and Brian watch uh, CP24 like my mother watches CNN. If they're not watching a show, CP24 is on. Now, CP24 is um, the Toronto CNN channel, basically. It's always got the streaming thing underneath. It's always breaking news stories, tells you the traffic in the city, the weather, yada, yada, yada. Um, so it, it just makes her twitch that I don't know what's going on in the world most of the time. I mean, I know the big things, but, you know, I don't need to know that COVID's breaking out in Quebec. I don't care. Mind you, that's probably where I got it, but I'm pretty sure that's what I had. Um, but I know the big stuff. Why do I know the big stuff? Because my mother watches CNN. <laughs> that's why I know. And there's always somebody in my world that feels the need to tell me that the sky is falling. So I know the big stuff. All right. So. Sorry, I'm a little paranoid. My nieces and my nephew had lice, so I dyed my hair. And I can hear Misha giggling. She's going to listen to this and she's going to laugh because she's like, yeah, every time the kids would come home from school with lice in their hair, her and I would hit the drugstore. What color are we going to be this week? And sometimes it was like a different color. And I would go with different shades of red. She was more experimental. She would go like purple or pink. I think she was green at one point. Not on purpose. Um. Oh, God. And then we... <laughs> 
<laughs> and then he tried to perm my hair. Oh, I had a perm. I had curly hair to begin with. And I've always wanted those nice, big, soft ringlet curls. And I, my mom would do all of these different things. Like she'd wrap them in toilet paper and she'd tie them up with cotton when I was a kid. She'd braid it and all of that stuff. And then um, I got fed up with because I have a frizzy curl. So I, I started just brushing it out straight. And I would literally, I would brush it out as straight as I could get it. And then I would kind of sit push like sit up against the wall but I would push my hair down in between my butt and the wall and pull my head forward like I would wedge it between and pull my head forward and hold like pull my own hair until it was dry so that it was perfectly straight and the ends still curled up but uh and then I would curl my bangs with the curling iron you know one curl this way one curl under and then I would and half a can of hairspray so I went and got my bangs permed when I was in grade nine, I think, because I, you know, developed the lazies and didn't want to curl it every morning. Um, so we found out over the years as a kid perming my hair that even if you went with the biggest rod and the loosest um, um, chemical that you can find, my hair is still going to look like a freaking Q-tip when you perm it. <laughs> It's like, oh my God, curl solution. And um, I look like a Q-tip. It's just, it's horrible. Or a French poodle. Like it's, it's, I'm serious. It's like Gilda, not Gilda Radner. What's her name? Um, she was on Saturday Night Live. One of the, the first ones. But she had the big hair. Like, and it was like in a triangle shape. Um. Yes, Mish, I can hear you screaming her name at me, <laughs> but I can't remember what it is. Um, it was bad. So, oh, are you going to hit him? Can I watch? It's, mid it's 12.30, so everybody's coming out of the bar to Tuesday night, you know, walking home. And she is just, wow, she is, <laughs> she is Wednesday. It was Tuesday half an hour ago. No, it's Thursday now. Oh, my gosh. I don't know what day of week it is. It's not Friday. Anyway, they were walking down the street, and he had his hands shoved into his jeans, and he was all hunched over, and she was just no-no fingering him all the way down the street. Pretty sure he probably flirted with the wrong girl. Anyway. Um, yeah, so we permed my hair the one night, and she's taking the curlers out. And she said she knew what she was doing. I should know better. When Mish says, oh, yeah, I know what I'm doing, and then follows it up by a laugh, don't trust her. That means she read the box, and she's pretty sure she can figure it out. We were also drinking that night, so, you know, alcohol was involved. And we may have forgotten and left it on a little bit too long. But she's, she, and we did it properly. We had the little like tissue papers and she had them all in there and she's taking them out and she's behind me and I hear, oh no, <laughs> wait, what? <laughs> what do you mean? Oh no. Is it frizzy? It, it didn't curl. She's like, no, no, that's not what happened. And she comes around the side of me with the rod in her hand. 
and I don't feel anything moving on my head. And I see this rod, and there's still hair wrapped around the rod. Unfortunately, the rod is no longer attached to my head. <laughs> it burnt my hair off. Oh, it was awful. It was so bad. It was so fried and short. And there was like, there was nothing she could do to save it. Nothing. It was awful. Oh, never did that again. Ever. Nope. Home perms. Don't recommend. Don't recommend. And I think part of it too was the fact that we dyed it and then we permed it. Like we didn't wait the the time frame. Like, oh, we don't need to wait. That's just, just the instructions. Whatever. We know better. Nope. We do now. <laughs> okay. So back to the news. So, um, not only is, is, is Justin Trudeau, um, causing problems again, <laughs> and, you know, taking our country to possible war with India. Um, what day was this? It was just the other day. Wednesday, September 27th is when this article was written. And I'm just going to read it to you because I, I, you know what? I can't make this shit up. I really can't. <laughs> Welcome to Canada. This is all the stuff that y'all don't hear about outside of Canada because we keep a pretty tight lid on our stupidity. <laughs> we really do. The Speaker of the Canadian House of Commons, Anthony Rhoda. Now, I'm pretty sure in American House of Parliament, you have a Speaker of the House, right? Okay. And he reigns higher than the president. Like he, he presides over, huh? What, why are you showing me three? He's third. No, no, that's not what I mean. Okay. So let me see. Not explaining it properly. Um, uh, I don't. Okay, so the role of the Speaker of the House. The Speaker is the presiding officer of the House and is charged with numerous duties and responsibilities by law and by the House rules. As the presiding officer of the House, the Speaker maintains order, manages its proceedings, and governs the administration of the business. So kind of like in our Board of Directors, the Speaker of the House would be Walter. And... Even though you own the company or you run the country, Walter's still in charge inside the house. Okay. All right. Wow. Look at me put all that together. I'm not as stupid as some people seem to think I am. Anyway, so the Speaker of the House of Commons, Anthony Rhoda, resigned his post on Tuesday. Why, you ask? Days after he praised a Ukrainian veteran who fought for a Nazi military unit during World War II. Let me read that again. He praised a Ukrainian veteran who fought for a Nazi military unit during World War II. On Friday. Alexa, turn on lamp. It got so dark in here, I had to look at the stove to make sure that the power didn't actually go out. Okay. 
I'm waiting for the music to start. Because, I mean, it's after midnight. He, he This is his funky time. Alexa's been... <laughs> it's like a little laser eye. I said his name. And the little blooms jump. And then it slowly went back. <laughs> so I think he hides behind the Echo Dot. And when you say his name, the little blue light comes flying out to the front. Like, what? It freaks me out, man. He really does. Like, he's got, he's a sentient being over there. This little ball on the table has its own mind and does its own things. And I've had people in my live when I've been doing lives on TikTok. This is not a new thing for this. This was happening in the trailer, too. Remember? He was just doing his own thing over there. All right. Anyway. Okay. So on Friday, during a joint address to Parliament by Ukrainian President Voldemort Voldemir Zelensky, Rhoda lauded Yaroslav Hunka, 98, as a Ukrainian-Canadian war hero who fought for Ukrainian independence against the Russian aggressors then and continues to support the troops today. Apparently, boy didn't do his homework. He did not get the assignment. But in the days since, human rights and Jewish organizations have condemned Rhoda's recognition, saying Hunka served in a Nazi military unit known as the 14th Waffen Grendelier Division of the SS. Well, that's not Nazi at all. Not even a little bit. The house is above any of us. Therefore, I must step down as your speaker, you'll think, Rhoda said in Parliament Tuesday afternoon, reiterating his profound regret for my error. Dude, I would fire whoever your assistant is. <laughs> Whoever was supposed to do the research and give you the information, fire them. Get rid of them. Put them in witness protection, whatever it takes. The public recognition has caused pain to individuals and communities, including the Jewish community in Canada and around the world, in addition to survivors of Nazi atrocities in Poland, among other nations. Rhoda, who is a member of the Liberal Party, again, the liberals. Justin Trudeau is a liberal. Just so you know. <sighs> Rhoda, who is a member of the Liberal Party, added, I accept full responsibility for my actions. Rhoda's recognition of Hunka last week prompted a standing ovation. Prime Minister Justin Trudeau has called the incident deeply embarrassing. <laughs> really? Are you sure? The 14th Warfen Grand Grenadier Division was part of the Nazi SS organization, declared a criminal organization by the International Military Tribunal in Nuremberg in 1946, which determined the Nazi group had committed war crimes and crimes against humanity. Jewish human rights organization B'nai B'rith Canada in a statement, condemned the Ukrainian volunteers who served, volunteers being the key word, volunteers. Nobody forced them. Nobody made them. 
Nobody drafted him in. He volunteered. Who served in the unit as ultra-nationalist ideologues who dreamed of the ethnically homogenous You can hear it, right? Y'all can hear this high-pitched. <laughs> There's nothing on the boat. There's a car coming, but it's not that car. Okay, there goes the car. I don't know. I don't know. There's nothing out there. I don't know. All right. Things are just getting weirder. And where'd you go? Is your phone dying? What? Ah, okay. Carrot. Ow! My chair just bit my butt. Okay. As I was saying, <clears throat> so the Jewish Human Rights Organization, B'nai B'rith Canada, in a statement, condemned the Ukrainian volunteers who served in the unit as ultra-nationalist ideologues who dreamed of an ethnically homogenous Ukrainian state and endorsed the idea of ethnic cleansing. <sighs> Recognizing Hunka was beyond outrageous, Benai Brith Canada CEO Michael Mostyn said, adding, we cannot allow the whitewashing of history. I fully agree. Canadian soldiers fought and died to free the world from the evils of Nazi brutality, he said. Rhoda apologized in a statement Sunday and on the floor of Parliament Tuesday when he said he had become aware of more information, which caused me to regret my decision to recognize this individual. Rhoda took full responsibility, saying it was his decision alone to acknowledge Hunka, who, Rhoda said, is from his electoral district. No one, not even anyone among you, fellow parliamentarians, or from the Ukrainian delegation, was privy to my intention or my remarks prior to their delivery, he said. Yeah. That one is gonna leave a mark. <laughs> I mean, come on! If you're gonna honor a war hero, don't you think you would do your research into what kind of war hero he was? where he fought, what battalion he was in, who he served under, any awards he may or may not have gotten, how old he was, where he was from, yada, yada, yada. I, 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 I don't know what is going on. See, and this is why I don't keep up with politics, because every Buddy is crazy. COVID broke the world, and it apparently broke those that are running the world. Everybody's crazy. I don't know. I think 
if you're going to, especially when it comes to somebody who is 98 years old, who was around in World War II, you would want to investigate what they were around. He's Ukrainian. So he's a foreign national to begin with. You might want to look into what he was doing over there, what he was supporting. I don't know. Where'd you serve? Who'd you serve with? What was the name of the garrison or the the whatever <coughs> you served with? And I'm pretty sure if he had it given the name, they would have known right away that he was a Nazi. It ended with SS. That's not sorry, sir. Craziness, I tell you, craziness. So now we're going to move on to weird and wonderful stories that I happen to see and find. And let's just type in weirdness or September 2023. Why not? Let's see what it comes up. So one of the things that I saw was scientists are developing a groundbreaking new drug that makes your teeth regrow. While we're used to the idea of teeth only growing twice, a new drug could make it possible to grow a third set. Scientists are making significant strides in the development of groundbreaking drug that could potentially enable the regrowth of teeth. Clinical trials are scheduled to commence in July next year. They hope it will be available for dentists to use by 2030. That's what I say. Tooth anomalies at birth are common in humans, affecting 1% of people worldwide. But a drug to make teeth regrow would be a world first. Now, yes, some babies are born with a set of teeth. They call them milk teeth. Research led by the Medical Research Institute, Kitano Hospital in Osaka, Japan. Of course, the Japanese. They're so smart aims to bring a therapeutic drug for patients who lack a full set of adult teeth due to congenital factors related to genetic or developmental influences that occurred before birth. People with anodontia, the medical term for a complete absence of teeth, don't have natural teeth because they never developed. Oh, well, that sucks. Guess that lets me out. I have a couple of missing teeth. The condition often appears alongside other genetic conditions such as ectodermal dysplasia, defects of the hair, nails, teeth, skin, and glands. Common treatments include dentures and dental implants. The condition, also known as tooth agenesis, hinders basic abilities like chewing, swallowing, and speaking from a young age, which can negatively impact development. I think that's pretty cool. And you know they're going to try it on adults. It worked on rats. Rats grew teeth. See, now in my head, I have a picture. I have this mental picture of all these little rats with human teeth. <laughs> Not little rat teeth. Human teeth. Yeah, the focus will be on treating children aged two to six. But you, you know, you just know it won't be long before they're using it as a way Instead of doing dental implants, it'll be a way for poor folk to replace missing teeth. Because dental implants are stupid expensive. 
That's a teeny tiny little car. It looked like, I'm serious, it looked like the little Fisher-Price car. You, there's a car around here that's painted up the same color. And the next time I see it, I'm going to stop and take a picture of it. Painted up, it's, it's, I think it's a smart car. Or it's a micro, like mine, and it's painted up in the red and yellow like the little Fisher-Price cars. It's really cute. All right. So, Wonderful Weirdos Day was September 9th. It was National Wonderful Weirdos Day. The day celebrates the weirdness in each of us and reassures us that weirdness isn't necessarily bad. 385 September holidays in 2023. Looking for weird holidays to celebrate on social media? Nope. I just want weird things. The C.S. Lewis novel helps explain the weirdness of 2023. What C.S. Lewis novel? Wait a minute. Hold on. <laughs> We're going to go check this one out because C.S. Lewis, what novel? Recently, I reread C.S. Lewis's 19... I don't care if you've updated your terms. You just interrupted my... Hello, what are you doing? What are you doing? No, I don't want to... What are you doing? I don't want to subscribe. So I can't... It's... it's an article in the New York Times. And I can't read it because this stupid thing keeps popping up that says, you know, you got to pay $2 a month to read it. I just want to read the article. I wanted to read the article about C.S. Lewis. I guess I can't. I'm not going to know what book it is. Come on, let's try one more time. It helps explain the weirdness of 2023. What C.S. Lewis novel can you think of? I don't want to subscribe. I just want to. It's it's not it's not going to tell me. You're eating salami. <laughs> Ah, oh, this, I hate, uh, fine. That drives me nuts. All right, let's see. I know there's this big thing right now. Another big news story is the lawsuits that are being launched against Meta and Bloomberg. So there was this archive database put together three of them actually called books one books two and books three now meta and bloomberg now these databases are full of pirated books basically pirated ebooks from stephen king and margaret atwood to my friend alexandra harvey uh, there's another one, Lauren Gregg. She's another small author like me. Her books are in there. Um, I may sign up for, um, a monthly subscription to the Atlantic so that I can get the database so I can find out if any of my books are in this database, because I can tell you for one thing, Facebook did not buy my books. 
Meta did not buy my books. Bloomberg did not buy my books. And if they're using, and what they're doing is they're using these books to train their AI programs. No. <laughs> That's not going to happen. Um, so there are, books three has actually, was temporarily taken down. There is a group in um, Norway that is working diligently to have um, their authors um, and their artists removed from the database. And they have been incredibly successful. Um, the database is removing the, the art authors and the artists that uh, Norway is going after. Um, but there are a plethora of lawsuits that have been launched against Meta and against Bloomberg and against the creators of this database for um, copyright infringement. At the very least, very least. Um, so yeah, I am, I am watching that avidly and closely. And if anybody knows of the free link to the database, if you could shoot that to me, I would be forever grateful because not only as an author, do I have my books that I want to um, run through this database to make sure they're not in there, but as editor in chief of dark myth publications, I want to run all of my, my author's books through there to see if any of those authors are in there and being um, used illegally. So, because it's going to, it's going to come down and, and it's going to happen. It's going to be a, a battle between um, writers, creators, and AI. And it, sad to say, there's going to come a day when you're going to pick a book up off the shelf and you're not going to know if the name on the cover of that book is a real person or a computer. And I think you'll still be able to tell because a computer cannot put in the, the emotion. And I don't know if, if you're an avid reader, then you understand that you feel words. You can feel the words and you may be able to string, you may be able to teach a computer how to string the words together to make a perfect sentence, to make a, a believable scene, but you're not going to be able to teach them how to weave the passion and the emotion and the ambiance into those words. You're not going to be able to teach a computer to write so that the reader sees it as a movie in their head. You can't teach that. That is an innate talent that writers and creators and poets and artists have. That's what makes us writers and creators and poets and artists. It's not something you learn in school. It is a natural talent that we are born with. We hone that skill in school. You know, like, you find, okay, you think of it this way. Ancient people, they didn't just, you know, create knives. They found a sharp stone that was perfectly 
edged and they sharpened that stone and they honed that stone and they 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 worked that stone until it was sharp and deadly and that's what we do with our talent with our 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 creativity with our skill is we hone it and we train it and we work with it and we we teach it and we mold it but we're born with and I'm sure every writer will say at one point in time an adult in their life turned to them and said you have such an overactive imagination <laughs> and that is what we're born with is that overactive imagination the ability to create stories out of nothing a computer can't do that you have to feed the computer the parameters you have to tell the computer i want a romance story with a male and a female i want the female to be married and a protagonist and and there's going to be a death and and a kidnapping and maybe a boat and you have to feed that into the computer program and then the computer spits it out and then you read it and go, well, this is shit. And you hone your parameters. But a writer can sit down at the laptop or sit down with a pen and a pad of paper and go, oh, Josie's walking down the street and she's walking by this restaurant and she sees this guy as he's coming out and they bang into each other and she knocks the coffee out of his hand and it splashes all over his. See, we can do that. A computer can't do that. I just created absolutely. Uh, the beginning of a story out of absolutely nothing. I'm looking across the street at the restaurant. You can't type in looking across the street at the restaurant into a computer, into an AI program, and have that AI program write what I just said. You can't. It won't do it. So the fact that it's taking our words, our passion, our innate ability to create that emotion within our words and feeding it into this program. It is taking what we have and teaching the program to be that way off of our work, our blood, our sweat, our tears, our sleepless nights, our loss of hair because, you know, oh crap, deadlines in three days and I only have two chapters. Been there. <laughs> in there and it's it's training these ai programs to mimic but it's using work that's already been created work that has already been struggled over and honed and sharpened and molded into as close to perfection as it can get and then put out into the world but it wasn't put out into the world as public domain. A doctor doesn't go and do surgery and what, you know, his hands are not public domain. They're not free and available for everybody. No. You got to have a good HMO if you want the good doctor. Except if you live in Ontario, then they're all crap. Um, <laughs> I just throw prescriptions at you and tell you to come back. So if my work is in this database, 
And when I first heard about this lawsuit, I thought, there's no way my work's going to be in there. And then I started seeing authors that have one book out, but it's in a specific genre. Indie books, small publishers, their, their author's books are in this database. Why are they in this database? Because nobody's going to notice. Nobody's going to say anything. And the small publisher isn't going to have the money to pay for the lawyer to fight Meta, to fight Bloomberg. So that makes it okay? No, I don't think so. I don't think so. So I want to find out if my books are in this database. I want to find out if my author's books are in this database. Because some of the authors that we publish are well known in certain circles. And some of the authors that we publish write in a specific niche. Erotic horror. Gruesome action suspense. Cowboys versus Nazis. That's like all unique things that would be ideal to feed an AI because it's not the same as everything else. And my friend Alex, she had four full books and one short story. Wait, what? A short story? So now they're they're picking short stories as well. So I have an awful lot out there in the interverse that could be pirated. I have poetry. I have short stories. I have blogs and and diary things, live journals and books. So, yeah. I'm a little I'm a little nervous. I'm a little worried, you know? So, okay. Let's get into some weirdness. Let's lighten the mood a little bit. Uh, five songs you must hear this week. Sure, why not? What are the songs that we're supposed to hear this week? Sitting here watching him eat salami and I'm getting hungry. I can't eat before I go to bed. Good grief. I'll have somebody looking like a shark with Freddy Krueger fingers chasing me down the street. Okay. Uh, Atomic City. Number one. Atomic City. That's what we're... Uh, that's one of the five songs we're supposed to be listening to. Some recommendations can be quirky things. You two on a flatbed truck in Las Vegas. A member of Spinal Tap going off on the Barbie phenomenon. And is emo really back? These things and more with this week's five songs. So, you 2 Atomic City. Um, lowest of the Low, Hey Kid, You Got Soul. Never heard of them. Uh, Derek Smalls, Must Crush Barbie. <laughs> that one I might actually have to listen to. Um, he's, spinal, he's the bassist for Spinal Tap. Uh, The Moss, The Place That Makes You Happy, okay, 
Oh, and look at there's a sample. Hold on. Nope, there's a commercial. Wait. We must wait. Or is this the song? Oh, this might actually, this is the song. This doesn't sound too bad. We can only do 30 seconds of it, though. It's not bad. Yeah. And that's all you get. Well, that wasn't horrible. It's like everything else. Uh, take back Sunday. Sold. Okay. Well, that was boring. Didn't know any of those songs. Uh, the weird, weirdness of the flaming lips. Oh, hold on. What is this? No, no, not back. Forward. What am I doing? You get some of the weirdest things when you type in weirdness. Like, I don't understand. <laughs> Um, how am I getting all music? I don't want music. I just want weird things. All right. Not, okay, let's try weird things. Weird news. September 2023. Let's see what we get. Florida man's got to be in there at least one. Oh, 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 oh. Can I tell you what I found out? about cocaine sharks. No? I don't. Well, I have to wait until my live studio audience comes back because I don't know if I told you or not. Okay, so cascades of red wine flood a city streets in Portugal after huge tanks of two huge tanks rupture. I read that. Weird, wonderful, and odd news stories. Uh, oddities. Weird and funny news stories. Let's see what we have. Open link in new tab. There we go. Kept opening it weirdly. All right. So. Okay. Let's see. What do we have? Moose on the loose. <laughs> That's always a good headline. Uh, moose on the loose in Stockholm. Subway creates havoc and is shot dead. Aw. Poor moose. A moose, which was found wandering down the tracks of the Stockholm subway and causing havoc, was shot dead by a wildlife ranger on Wednesday after the service on the southern part of the busy line had to be suspended. Ah, just wanted to get going where he was going. Holy jumping. Okay. Well, I knew Florida had to be in there somewhere. Florida siblings, ages 10 and 11, stopped while driving mom's car on freeway 200 miles from home. A 10-year-old Florida boy and his 11-year-old sister were running away to California <laughs> and drove 200 miles in their mother's car before they were stopped by sheriff deputies on the highway. Okay, we got to read this one. Why were they running away from home? If it's because they were beaten and abused. All right, so Gainesville. Of course, Gainesville. So they drove 200 miles or 320 kilometers in their mother's car before they were stopped by sheriff deputies on an interstate highway, authorities said. The Alachua County Sheriff's Office said deputies spotted the sedan on Interstate 75 near Gainesville in Florida just before 4 a.m. Thursday. 
The children's mother had reported it stolen and her children missing four hours earlier in Northport, a city in southwest Florida. The deputies, thinking that they were dealing with car thieves, drew their guns and ordered those inside the car to step out. Much to their surprise, deputies observed a 10-year-old male driver exit the vehicle along with his 11-year-old sister, the department said in a statement. The children told deputies the girl had been upset that their mother had taken away her electronic devices for misbehaving. So the boy... <laughs> so the boy was driving her to California! The children were interviewed by detectives who said there was no indication they had been mistreated by their mother or anyone else in the home. The mother declined to press charges and the children were released to her. Oh, Baba. Can you imagine the drive home for those? Oh, man. That girl thought losing her electronic devices was the worst thing that had happened to her. because her mom took all her electronics away so her 10-year-old brother stole mom's car and was driving her to California. <laughs> yep, mom declined to press charges, but can you imagine what that car ride home must have been like? Yep, pretty sure that that child entered the house three feet off the ground about every 30 seconds. Get into the goddamn house. You're not going out anywhere for the next three years. Oh, yeah. Sitting down would not be an option. Okay. Um. Aww. A toddler lost in the woods is found asleep using family dog as a pillow. Police say two year old a two year old girl walked away from her home in Michigan's Upper Peninsula with two family dogs and was found hours later asleep in the woods using one of the canines as a furry pillow. She decided to take the dogs for a walk. Those are good dogs, though. They didn't leave her. They stayed with her until she was found. What in the hell was that? Um. All right. Let's see. Oh, <laughs> oh no. Oh, no. That reminds me, I gotta find a, a electronic repair shop around here. A woman rescued from outhouse toilet after climbing in to retrieve Apple Watch. <laughs> That's a shitty situation. <laughs> okay. Michigan. A woman was rescued Tuesday from an outhouse toilet in northern Michigan after she climbed in to retrieve her Apple Watch and became trapped. The woman, whose name was not released, lowered herself inside the toilet after dropping the watch at the Department of Natural Resources boat launch at Dixon Lake in Ost Ostego County, Bagley Township, state police said Wednesday in a release. First responders were called when the woman was heard yelling for help. The toilet was removed and a strap was used to haul the woman out. Oh, man, you can imagine how far down she must have been. They had removed the... Oh. If you lose... Oh, I can't... I can't even. 
If you lose an item in an outhouse toilet, do not attempt to venture inside the containment area. <laughs> Serious injury may occur. The state police did not say Wednesday if the woman was injured or if the watch was recovered. Bagley Township is about 240 miles northwest of Detroit. How far is it from Florida? <laughs> Good Lord. I mean, I, I pride my Apple Watch and I take very good care of my Apple Watch and I am very protective of my Apple Watch. It was a gift. I could not afford an Apple Watch myself and it was a gift. But I'm sorry if it, I mean, the, the strap itself is poorly designed. I will give it that. It is poorly designed. Um, if it falls off into a, a public toilet, it's, I'm sorry, babe, but it's staying there. <laughs> You're okay with me not shit diving to get it? Perfect. All right. Just so we are on the same page. But I can't wear it right now because the, um, the little sticky part that holds the top part down, you know, that little framey piece. Well, it's all dried out. It's an old watch, so it happens. And I think it, when it got overheated at the beach, it started drying it out. And then every time I charge it, because I use a wireless charger, um, well, any charger, because even the charger it comes with goes on the back, it, it heats up. So, yeah, so I haven't been wearing it because it's not sticky and I don't want to rip the thing off and wreck it. So. <laughs> Bears raid a Krispy Kreme donut van making deliveries on an Alaskan military base. <laughs> Two bears have raided a Krispy Kreme donut van that was stopped outside a convenience store on an Alaska military base. You know what? Just let them have it, boys. Let her have it. Gator with missing nose and upper jaw finds new home in Florida Reptile Park. Aww. All right, let's... What? Oh! Okay, hold on. <laughs> I, I, you can see I'm kind of repulsed but intrigued at the same time because they won Nobels for it. Okay, so counting nose hairs on cadavers, repurposing dead spiders, and explaining why scientists lick rocks are among the winning achievements in this year's Ing Nobels, the prize for humorous scientific feats, organizers announced Thursday. The 33rd annual prize ceremony was a pre-recorded online event as it has been since the coronavirus pandemic instead of the past five past live ceremonies at Harvard University. Ten spoof prizes were awarded to the teams and individuals around the globe. Among the winners was Jan Zaleswicz of Poland, who earned the Chemistry and Geology Prize for explaining why many scientists like to lick rocks. Licking the rock, of course, is part of the geologist's and paleontologist's armory of tried and much-tested techniques used to help survive in the field. 
Um, wetting the surface allows fossil and mineral textures to stand out sharply rather than being lost in the blur of intersecting micro-reflections and micro-refractions that come out of a dry surface. Oh, well, yeah, that makes sense. Marble looks like crap till you get it wet. Um, a team of scientists from India, China, Malaysia, and the United States, I wonder if they're from Florida, took the Mechanical Engineering Prize for its study of repurposing dead spiders to be used in gripping tools. The useful properties of biotech, biotic materials refined by nature over time eliminate the need to artificially engineer these materials, exemplified by our early ancestors wearing animal hides as clothing and constructing tools from bones. We propose leveraging biotic materials as ready-to-use robotic components in this work due to their ease of procurement, and you can have all the spiders in the world. Every one of them. I have like a plethora of them right now in all of my windows. Hanging out. Getting ready. They're already decorating for Halloween. They can have them all. I don't care if they're not dead yet. They can still be dead by the time they get there. Um, other winning teams were lauded for studying the impact of teacher boredom on student boredom, the effect of <laughs> the effect of anchovies sexual activity on ocean water mixing, and how electrified chopsticks and drinking straws can change how food tastes. No shit, Sherlock. An electrified straw. You put it in, ah! <laughs> I don't... Okay, electrified chops. I did see the coolest chopsticks. They were lightsabers. They were chopstick lightsabers. I want them. I might actually learn how to use chopsticks if I had little lightsabers. Or we would just have a duel at the table. <laughs> have a battle, you know. Um. The event is produced by the magazine Annals of Improbable Research. Each winner or winning team has done something that makes people laugh, then think. Well, that makes perfect sense. All right. I did actually see something on TikTok. One of the people that I follow, Selena Spooky Boo, she bought these um, scent cones i think they're called I, I, I don't exactly remember what they are uh for her water bottles and you put it on the top like you take the water bottle you drink it it's water you take this thing and you put it on the top and no chemicals leave it there's no you're not adding anything to the water but it's scented so when you go to drink the water you're smelling like this raspberry scent or blueberry and the water tastes like that and i have said all along that bubbly or boobly, bubbly, whatever it is, all of those those um, flavored waters that are zeros have zeros across the board. If it has natural flavors in it, it's going to have natural sugars in it. So then it wouldn't be zeros. There would be at least one carb. So I have said all along that they've just scented the can and it tricks your brain into thinking that's what you're tasting. Oh, my left palm is really itchy. Let's see what that means. Because I know all my witchy folk out there are going, oh, no. 
itchy left palm. Is it itchy, not hairy? Of course it does. Yeah. Yeah, I get paid tomorrow, and I have to pay all my bills tomorrow. An itchy left palm means money to be paid out. My left hand's itchy, and bills is the end of the month. <laughs> well, an itchy right palm is money coming in. But is there any truth to this? Some experts say yes, because itchy palms often signifies new internal energy moving through the hands. The left hand is passive or receptive, and the right hand is the active hand. Let's check out 10 superstitions while we're here, because, you know, I'm a little ADD tonight. What time we got? Oh, Jesus. Okay, maybe not. How about we save that for next week? Because we are now sitting at one hour and 48 minutes. This has almost been a two-hour podcast. All right, we are going to wrap it up for this week. Explains why my throat hurts and my voice sounds like it does. Um, I hope you enjoyed my non-political political, political um, podcast. <laughs> we'll see how long I stay on the spotted fly. Um, but yeah, so things are, are a little interesting in Canada. I may have to just, you know, claim political asylum somewhere else. I don't know. <laughs> Our government's falling apart at the seams, literally. Um, we're praising Nazis now for, uh, I don't know. Do your research, people. Do your research. Good grief. Anyway, all right. I'm going to wrap this up for this week. I don't even know what I'm going to call this episode. Um, the 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 political non political the non political political episode. <laughs> the one with the politics. <laughs> like on Friends, every episode is called the one with, and then whatever. This is the one with pol with, with the politics. So, and again, thank you, Mr. Lutz, for letting me, well, for un unknowingly letting me borrow facts from your podcast and allowing me to um, heckle you the other day as you guys recorded live. And Jason, be thankful that I did not say, or that, that Mike did not read everything that I said. <laughs> Probably would have traumatized you. You see, you're going to go back now and you're going to read the comments on the live, aren't you? <laughs> so just be thankful that he didn't read everything I said and I didn't say everything I thought. So we're just going to leave it at that. And I hope that uh, you and Crystal have a lovely time in Niagara Falls. All right, everybody. I am out of here for another week. Next week will be... Next week at this time, I will be um, wishing another beautiful girl a happy birthday. It'll be my daughter's birthday next week. She is turning 23 on Monday. She's turning 23 on Monday. So, um, happy birthday, Katie. And, yeah, I love you. Have a good day. All right, everybody. I am out of here. You know the drill. Just don't lick shit. I'm not feeling very kind today. I don't know. I woke up this morning and chose violence. So it's kind of, I think I'm PMSing. It's just kind of the mood I'm in. Yeah, I woke up and chose violence. So I don't care if you're kind. I don't. Just be kind to yourself. Wash your hands. Don't lick shit.
and we are out of here. All right. I will see you all next week. See ya. Carry on my way, well, son. There'll be peace when you are done. Lay your weary head to rest. Don't you cry. Don't you cry.